Happy Easter, everybody. Good to see you here. So glad that you're with us today. My name is Trent. I'm one of the pastors on staff here at Epic. And as we begin today, let me ask, how many of you have been through the agony of asking someone to marry you? So let me see a few hands. Okay, number of you, you can identify with with what we're going to talk about this morning. Um, Do you remember how nervous you got before you proposed? Maybe you didn't, but I certainly did. I was so excited to start my life with my wife, Tammy, but I was nervous. I was nervous about the proposal. I mean, what if, what if she said no? I mean, what if, you know, you go through all this and she says, you know, you're a great guy and all, but like, I just don't see myself in a long-term relationship with you. Or what if she said yes, but it was one of those sympathetic yeses, kind of like, I don't want to embarrass you in front of everybody else, so I'll say yes, but later I'll say no. Like, what do you do with that? You know, I was nervous that that might happen. Or what if she was vague? Like, what if she said, ah, you know, I, I just don't really see myself being married right now. Like, what would I do with that? What would that mean? Would, would that mean she didn't want to get married right then? She didn't want to get married ever? She just didn't want to get married to me? Like, you know, a proposal can be a very stressful thing. And I'm getting kind of worked up up here just thinking about all that. Now, let me tell you something that most people don't know about me. And after I share this, there'll be a few more of us that know this. I went through all the anxiety of a marriage proposal on three separate occasions. So it was to the same woman, my wife, Tammy. But on three separate occasions... I asked Tammy to marry me. On the first occasion, we were in college. Uh, We were in Virginia, met in college in Virginia in 1990, started dating in the spring of 91. And it did not take me long to realize she was an amazing woman, uh, way beyond anything I could ever expect to to be married to. And so I said, man, Tammy is amazing. I, I just can't imagine not spending the rest of my life with her. So in 1992, I planned and pulled off my first engagement. Now, there was a park that we went to up there at college, and it was a beautiful park, and it had some hills to it, and um, it was springtime. It was just a, a great environment. And so I took Tammy to this park and took her up to a park bench that kind of overlooked the rest of the park. And there just so happened to be, on this park bench, this book, so this, this book, it's a, kind of an old book, a record book, leather bound, and, and I'd gotten that before and thought this would be a great way to ask Tammy to marry me. So what I did was I wrote the story of our relationship in the book in calligraphy. So it was really awesome. You ready? I'm not going to read it to you because it's a little sappy and you'll start thinking weird things about me. So so I wrote this story of how we met and how our relationship had blossomed, and you know it was really cool. And then on page 25, I wrote, a penny for a thought. And if you know the song, you know like what's coming next. And I glued a penny there on that page. The penny has since left that page. But <laughs> the next page, I, I said, a nickel for a kiss. And I glued a nickel there. Next page... A dime if you tell me that you love me. And I glued a dime there. Then I asked Tammy, I said, do you remember that dime? And she said, well, tell me about it. 
So in the, the story, I, I wrote that on one of the occasions that I would hand her a dime, often what I would do is I would, anytime I would get change, I would hand her that change. So I'd hand her a penny, I'd hand her a nickel or another nickel, another nickel, because nickels were cool because nickels meant kisses. So that was awesome. I made sure that I had nickels with me. And then a dime kind of signified, hey, I love you. And so on one occasion, I gave it to her and she gave it back. And she said, she said, give this back to me when you can do something about your love for me. And so I thought, well, that's kind of cool. I'm going to do that. And so I kept that dime. That's the dime that's glued here uh, uh, in this book. And then on the next page, I asked this. Tamara, that's her uh, name, full name. Like if you want to like, you know, like talk to her sternly like she's in trouble, you know, go ahead and use that, you know, Tamara. So I said, Tamara, I would count it an utmost honor and privilege to spend the rest of my life with you as my best friend and wife. Will you marry me? And then I pulled out a ring and I proposed. And on March the 16th, 1992, as the sun was setting at that park in Virginia, she said, yes. And everything was awesome. At that time, my dad had been recently diagnosed with leukemia, and he was told he was going to live no more than two years. And so as we were processing that and processing my dad's life, we were still in college, and so, you know, coming back and forth, you know, interacting with him, and we both just felt like, you know, now just doesn't seem to be the best time for us to be planning a wedding. We didn't want to have a long engagement. And so what we both decided was, you know what, let's, let's call off our engagement. Let's wait for what might be a better time for us to do that. So my second proposal happened at a putt-putt golf course. <laughs> yeah, I got one, one applause out of that. That's awesome. Like, I don't know why that seemed like a good idea at the time, but it did. And looking back, I'm like, wow, like, like really, that was, that was a, a mind blower there. So I came up with this idea, and I made this banner, and it said, will you marry me, Tammy? And so I, I got there early. I went into the mountain cave, and, and I taped this banner up on the wall, and I thought, this is going to be awesome. We're going to play putt-putt. We're going to get around into the mountain cave, and she's going to see the Tammy, will you marry me sign, and I'm going to propose and pull out a ring, and it's going to be magical, and it's going to just be so fantastic, and then putt-putt is just going to be our thing the rest of our lives. So we, we got around, and, and she saw it, and you know, she was like, oh, that's so sweet, and she said yes, and everything was awesome for about an hour. About an hour later, sitting in the car, she said, you know, I'm, I'm still not sure this is the right time for us to get married. And she was right about that. So our second proposal lasted about an hour. <laughs> and then in the summer of 1993, Tammy took a six-week mission trip to the Philippines and Korea. And uh, I lived outside of Orlando at the time, and, and she and her uh, parents lived here. And so I would come up and see her on the weekends. And I, I just loved spending time with her. You know, she'd become my best friend. And so I really missed her that summer. I mean, that summer I was like, man, I, I so miss her. And at the time, we were done with college. We both had jobs. And I just felt like, you know what, this just seems like a different time frame for us. Like, I, I think I'm going to propose to her when she gets back. And I was still nervous. I didn't know what she was going to say. 
you know, maybe on her time away over the summer, she realized, you know what, like, ah, I spent way too much time hanging out with that bald guy. Um, so maybe I should find somebody else to spend some time with. I wasn't sure. So with a lot of anxiety, I planned our third proposal. When Tammy got home that summer, I took her on a romantic dinner cruise on an antique boat. Like, okay, I think that's a little better than putt-putt, all right? It was around her birthday, so I had several different birthday gifts for her. And at dinner, I was going to give her these gifts, and then I was going to propose. And one of the gifts was going to be, you know, a proposal and a wedding ring. So at dinner, we had chicken. And I'm not sure if that's what made me chicken out, but like... (laughs) I chickened out, like dinner, I'm going, I can't do it, like I, like I can't do it at dinner. So I didn't do it at dinner. I gave her the birthday gifts, but I didn't propose to her. Later that night, we went out on the deck, and we were watching the sunset, and it was beautiful. The sky was orange, and the water was reflecting the sky, and I think the birds started singing a love song, and the alligators joined in, and the fish, and I mean, it, it was just one of those magical moments, and then I'm, I'm there going, it's time, and so I pull out this ring, and I say, will you marry me? Now, ladies, I'm not sure that you can fully comprehend the anxiety that happens for a guy when he's planning a proposal or he's going through with the proposal. I mean, I'm not sure you fully get all that. I mean, I mean, the whole thing to me is stressful. You know, the planning part is stressful. Trying to come up with a better idea than a lame putt-putt golf idea is stressful. And then those moments between asking, will you marry me, and waiting for a response, you know, those, like, they feel like they are seconds, but they can feel like hours, that's a brutal time frame of waiting, like, what's she going to say? Is she going to say yes? Is she going to say no? I mean, that can be a brutal experience. Can anybody relate to the agony of all that? Awesome. There's three of us. It's, the rest of the message is going to like make a whole lot of sense to everybody. This is going to be fantastic. All right, so it can be a very stressful thing. For those of you who are curious, she said yes. And uh, we were married six months later, and we've been married over 21 years now. Now, I want you to think about this as we celebrate Easter. Over 2,000 years ago, God went to great lengths to get everything ready. And then on a very special day, God proposed. He proposed to us. And since that day, God has been patiently waiting. He's been patiently waiting for a response from many of us. Now, if you're a guy or if you're like new to church or if you're just checking out this whole Christianity thing, you might be thinking like, what in the world does that mean? Like being engaged to God, God's proposed to me, like that's the weirdest thing ever. Like I understand, but just relax. It's just an illustration. But I wanna show you in our time together how God used that illustration, that concept to demonstrate his incredible love for us. And to do that, what I'm going to do is I'm going to spend some time uh, going over what engagements and proposals looked like back in Jesus' day, and then I'm going to make the connection to how God used that to propose to us. So uh, here we go together. Back in Jesus' day, when a young man wanted to marry a young woman, he would go to her father, and he would make his intentions clear. He would go to to her father and say, sir, I would like to marry your daughter, And then if that father approved of that engagement, then what he would do is he would negotiate what was called the bride price, 
Okay, so that would be the price that this young man would have to pay to be engaged to his daughter. Right now, it's a weird concept for us, but again, it was a custom in their day. And so the bride price could be any number of things. It could be a certain amount of wealth that this young man had to pay, or it could be a certain amount of time that he had to work to earn her. I mean, any number of things could have represented that bride price. Now, once the bride price was agreed to, the potential groom would pour a cup of wine. He would take a sip from that cup, and they would hand that cup to his potential bride. If she took the cup and if she sipped, that was her acceptance of his proposal. And at that point, they were basically married. I mean, the family was all standing around. They were all there to attest to to what had just happened. And they had just entered a legally binding marital agreement, much different than our engagements today, much different. Now, all they had to do at that point was wait for the wedding ceremony. Now, what was happening in that time frame of them waiting was the groom would say to his bride, I'm gonna go away. I'm gonna go to my father's house. I'm gonna prepare a place for us. And when everything is ready, I'm gonna come back and get you so that we can go and start our lives together. So we can always be together. And then what that young man would do is he would go away. He would go most often back to his father's house and he would spend his time building their home. When everything is ready, He would come back and get her and say, it's time for a wedding. Now, as she was waiting, she wouldn't know how long she would have to wait. She wasn't sure. Was it going to be six months? Was it going to be nine months? Was it going to be a year? And she wasn't sure when her groom would come back and say, everything is ready. It's time to get married. So every day, she had to be prepared. Every day, she had to be ready. Every day, she had to be expecting it could be today. He could show up today. And the day that he would show up, then she had to say, like, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's have this wedding so we can go start our lives together. So that was basically how proposals and engagements were handled in Jesus' day. Now, watch how Jesus, God in the flesh, used that engagement concept with us. In Matthew 26, Jesus gathered his disciples for what is known as the Last Supper. In verse 26, it says, as they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and he gave it to his disciples saying, take this and eat it for this is my body. In another passage, he goes on to say, this is my body, which is broken for you. So he was referencing what was about to happen on the cross, the thing that he was about to do for them. Verse 27 says, and then he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, each of you drink from it. For this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. And I'm sure while the disciples were drinking the cup and then passing it to each other, I'm sure they thought or they whispered to each other, this seems like a marriage proposal. Like, this is kind of weird. I think Jesus is proposing to us. Have a sip, but don't let him see that we're talking about this. And then what Jesus said was, guys, I'm going away, and I'm going to prepare a place for us. And when everything's ready, I'm going to come back and get you so that you can always be with me. And at that point, the disciples would have thought, oh, it's very clear now. He's proposing to us. Like, we don't get this. Like, what is Jesus doing? He's using a marriage proposal with us, his disciples, right now. Like, we don't fully understand what's happening here. Then in John 14, let's, let's read 
the words of Jesus. So Jesus tells his disciples he's about to go away, and that kind of causes some uh, disturbance for them. They're a little bit worried about that, a little bit sad about that. In verse 1, he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There's more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me wherever I am. So Jesus, God in the flesh, proposed to his disciples. But he didn't just propose to them. He proposed to all of us as well. As through Jesus, God extends his marriage proposal to the entire world. And here's the cool thing about God's proposal. It isn't given just to those religious people. Those people that we look at and go, oh man, well, they do all the right thing. That's probably who God wants. It isn't given to just them. It's given to all of us. If you were with us over this past three weeks, we did a series called Outcast, and we learned about our God's heart for people who are outside of his family. God went to great lengths to include outsiders. And so God's proposal is extended to everyone. It's extended to those of us who think, you know what, I've done way too many bad things to be in a relationship with God. It's extended to those of us who think God would never want to be in a relationship with me. That's not true. He does. Again, God's proposal is extended to everyone. Now listen to what Luke 22 records about this. In verse 14, it says, when the time came, Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the table. Jesus said, I have been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. Now, what was Jesus referencing there? He was referencing the bride price, the bride price that he would have to pay to purchase us as his bride. That price would be his life. And so get this, like basically this is what Jesus is saying, like, like I can't wait to be engaged to you. I can't wait to go and prepare a place for us. I can't wait to go and build our home. Then I can't wait to come back and get you and and take you there so we can be there together forever in a perfect place. I can't wait for that. But first, I have to die so you can live. I have to die. I have to pay the bride price for you. And that price is gonna be my death. Listen to what God says in 1 Corinthians 6, to his followers. So if you are a follower of Jesus Christ today, God is speaking to you. He says this, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. Again, that's the bride price, that price that God paid to be in a relationship with us. He paid the ultimate price through Jesus' death. In a moment, we're gonna celebrate communion together. So guess what we are doing whenever we take communion? We are remembering God's proposal. We're remembering the proposal that that God made to everyone. And if you've accepted God's proposal, what you're saying as you take communion is, again, God, I accept your proposal. I still accept your proposal. I can't wait to be married to you. I can't wait to spend the rest of of eternity with you. And I eagerly await your return. That's what we're saying whenever we take communion, if you are a Christ follower. And 
communion is supposed to help us remember the commitment that God has made to us and the commitment that we have made to God. Now, uh, we are officially engaged to God. Again, if you've put your faith and trust in Jesus, you're officially engaged to God, but we're not married yet. Jesus hasn't come back yet. We're still waiting on his return. And one day he's gonna come back and he's gonna, he's gonna get us the way that he promised so that we can have a marriage and we can go spend eternity in, in this perfect place that he's preparing for us called heaven. But until then, we have to get ready. We have to, to live every day as if today could be the day. And wouldn't it be amazing if today was the day? Wouldn't that be amazing on this Easter 2015 if Jesus came back and said, it's ready. Your home is ready. Let's have a ceremony and let's go start our eternity together. It could be today. May not be today. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe the next day. But the real question is, will you be ready on that day whenever it is? The real question for me is, will I be ready? Are we living the lives that we need to live, demonstrating that we're ready for that? You know, what does that mean? You know, how can we be prepared for Christ's return? Uh, for us, uh, we capture it in just a, a simple thing we call living the 5G life. And I've got this wristband on. You can get one from our Connection Center before you leave today. This is just a simple reminder to me of the things that I need to be doing on a daily basis to be ready for Christ's return. So the 5Gs, God, grow, gather, give, go. So God, I need to talk to God every day. Like we're in a relationship, I need to be communicating with him. I need to, it's called prayer. But it's basically a conversation that you would have with the creator of the universe, someone who loves you deeply. So we need to be talking on a regular basis. The grow part, we need to be applying what we're reading in the Bible. The Bible's God's truth source for us. And so we need to be reading it and then applying what we're reading on a regular basis. The, the third G is gather. So we need to gather together as other Christ followers to learn how to live in this relationship that God wants us to live. We, we need each other. Uh, we need to, to be in a small group, a community group together. So if you're not in one, I encourage you to get in one. And the fourth G is give. Give of our time, talents, and resources. The thing that Jesus modeled for us is he said, I, I didn't come to get, I came to give. I came to serve. And so what he wants us to do as his followers is give on a regular basis. And there's all kinds of ways that we can give and serve other people around us. And then the fifth G is go. Go tell people everywhere about Jesus. God wants us to go tell others. There's so many people in our community that haven't responded to God's proposal. And he wants us to go and tell them how they can do that. So it's a simple way that we can remember that. And communion helps us evaluate how we're doing at those things. Communion helps us to look inside and say, you know, how am I doing in my relationship with God? Am I ready? If Jesus were to come back today, as you look at your life, would you say, I am ready. I've been living the life I need to. I am so ready. Or would you say, like, there's a few things I need to, like, straighten up before he comes back. Like, could you come back next week? Like, I got some things to get figured out. So are you ready? Am I ready for that day? Now, here's another important question for another group of people. And it's this, have you responded to God's marriage proposal? Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? That's the only way that Jesus is coming back for you. That's the only way that you can spend eternity with him. The Bible teaches that everyone will live forever somewhere. We'll either live forever in this real place called heaven with God, or we'll live forever in this real place called hell apart from God. God doesn't want anyone spending eternity apart from him. That's why he paid our bride price. 
That's why he paid that price with Jesus' death to demonstrate how serious he is about being in an eternal relationship with us. So if you haven't responded yet to God's proposal, he is still waiting. He's patiently waiting. And he hasn't just been waiting for half an hour. He hasn't been waiting just for a few days. He hasn't been waiting just all of your life. He's been waiting over 2,000 years for you to respond. Maybe today could be the day that you do that. I mean, I, I can't think of a better day Amazing day. This Easter Sunday 2015 would be an amazing day for you to say, like, I get it. I understand. Like, you're using the concept of an engagement, of a proposal, and you paid the bride price for me. This could be an amazing day that you respond to God's proposal. For those of you who might want to do that for the first time today, I'm going to explain how you can do that. Receiving God's proposal, responding to God's proposal is based upon three beliefs. The first belief is this that we are sinners in need of a savior. The Bible says that we're all sinners. We've all messed up big ways or small ways. So, so whether you've messed up in little ways, you've messed up in big ways, we've still messed up, we've broken our relationship with God, we need a savior. The second belief is this, that Jesus is that savior. That Jesus, God in the flesh, he's the savior that came for us. The third belief is this, that Jesus died so we can live. Those are the, the, the basic elements of what it means for us to respond to God's proposal. Romans 10.9 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's another way to say you have accepted God's proposal. So if you are believing that for the very first time today, I'm gonna guide you through a short prayer that can uh, be very symbolic for you as you receive God's proposal now, anytime I guide people through a prayer like this, I, I feel like I have to give a disclaimer. And the disclaimer is this. The words that we're going to use, this isn't the, the secret code. These aren't magic words. You know, if you say this, then you go, hey, on that Sunday, I said it, so God let me into heaven. Like, you can say these words, and it could mean nothing to you. Or you can say words similar to this, and it can mean everything to you. So I'm going to invite you if you would, for all of us to just bow our heads and close our eyes for a little personal privacy. And if you would like to accept God's proposal for the first time, I encourage you to pray these words after me quietly in your heart. God, I believe that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. I believe Jesus is that savior who died so I can live. Today I accept your marriage proposal. Please come into my life and be my Lord. I commit to follow you the rest of my days. And I eagerly await your return. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you have just prayed that prayer for the very first time, you have just responded to God's proposal. And you are now officially engaged to God. That's something worth celebrating because one day when everything is ready, Jesus is gonna come back and guess what? He's coming back for you as well. So that's something worth celebrating. I'm gonna tell you some ways that you can celebrate that decision that you've made today. The first thing is sign up for our baptism. So we have a baptism that's coming up. Uh, we actually had it scheduled for today, but the forecast doesn't look all that promising this afternoon. 
So we were looking at rip currents, and I'm, I'm having visions of people being drug out to sea, and uh, you know, it wasn't looking good. And we've got thunderstorms potentially in that time frame. So what we decided this morning, we made an executive decision, we're going to postpone it to next week. So next week, we have a church picnic at 5.30 at Wadsworth Park, which is close to Flagler Beach. At 5 o'clock, we're going to meet down at Flagler Beach, 16th Street North, and we're going to celebrate those who would like to be baptized. So if you've already signed up for that, just know that we're going to do that next week. Stop by the Connection Center to make sure that they have your, your name on there and, and that they know that you're doing that. If you would like to be baptized next week, then stop by our Connection Center and talk to them about that. We would love to celebrate with you. The second thing I encourage you to do is to tell someone what you've done today. Tell someone the decision that you've made. Now, let me caution you. If you go out and tell someone who wasn't here at church this morning, you say, I'm engaged to God. They're gonna think you're drunk and like, they're not gonna know what you did at church this morning. So what I encourage you to do, if you tell them that, is have them listen to the podcast after this message is put on our uh, iTunes or if it's put on our website. That would explain things a little bit better to them. But you can tell them, listen, I've responded to, to God's invitation to a lifelong relationship. And then ask them, have you done that? Like one day Jesus is going to come back. He's going to come back for me now because of the decision that I've made. Will he come back for you? Start a conversation with somebody that you know. So just tell someone of the decision that you've made. One of the ways that you can tell us as a church is there's a little card on your seat. I encourage you to uh, look for that real quick. There should be a little stack of, of paper with a pen tied to it. So a little card that looks like this. One side says, will you? And on the other side, there's two little statements. So grab that for just a moment if you would. If you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, I encourage you to check the top box. And the top box says this. Today I accept God's marriage proposal for the first time through belief in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Again, if that applies to you, if that's something you've done for the first time today, just check that box. The second box says this. Today I recommit to God's marriage proposal and determine to make myself ready for Jesus' return. If that applies to you, then I encourage you to check that box as well. Now what's gonna uh, happen with these cards or what I encourage you to do with these cards is I encourage you to bring them up as we celebrate communion and drop them off at one of our communion tables, all right? And then these cards are gonna get to our leadership team so our elders who provide spiritual leadership to our church family are going to get these cards, and then our prayer team are going to get these cards, and we're going to spend time praying for you. Now, if you want us to know who you are, you can write your name on that. If you don't, that doesn't matter. We'll be praying for you as a new member of God's family or as a recommitted member of God's family. So again, if either of those apply to you, I encourage you to check that box. Now, another way that we can celebrate our relationship with God is through this thing called communion. Communion here at Epic is open to anyone who's put their faith and trust in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So if you've done that today or if you've done that some other time in your life, then I invite you to celebrate communion with us. And here at Epic, here's how we do communion. Uh, we've got four tables here, two up front, two in the back. And they've got the communion elements on them. So as you come to a table, you'll find little trays uh, filled with bread and little trays with little cups of juice. The bread represents Jesus' body, which was broken for us. The cups represent Jesus' blood, which was poured out for us. And 
In just a moment, I'm going to pray, and then our worship team is going to come out. They're going to guide us through a song. And when I say amen, you'll be free to get up from your seat and go to one of these tables and celebrate communion. So as you come up, remember, bring your card if you have one. Just drop it on the table. And then pick up the communion elements. So pick up a, a piece of bread and a cup of juice. And I encourage you to pause and, and have a conversation with God. I mean, this may be like, like a new conversation for you. You're like, I don't even know how to talk to God. But just pause for a moment and say, God, thank you for paying my bride price. Thank you for sending Jesus to die so I can live. And then go ahead and take the communion elements. And while you're taking the communion elements, remember when your lips touch that cup, remember what communion symbolically means. Okay, now when you, when you drink the juice, that doesn't mean you, you just got saved. Okay, that's a separate thing. It's a decision that you make. But communion is just symbolic of us responding to God's marriage proposal. And then before you sit back down, I encourage you to pick up a small gift that we have at our tables as our gift to you. So we've got these rings up here. So we've got these little uh, red uh, cups and then we've got some blue cups. And in the red cups, there's these really cool diamond looking rings for ladies. And in the blue cups, we've got these kind of masculine looking bands for men. Now let me explain. They aren't real. Okay, don't be let down when you pick one up. They're not real. And don't worry about finding one that fits your finger because they're probably gonna turn your finger green anyway. So like, don't worry about all that. But before you sit down, pick up one of these as a reminder of the commitment that God has made to you and the commitment that you have made to God. And what I encourage you to do is put it in a place that you'll see it. And when you see it, you'll be reminded, like, am I living the way I need to live? Like today could be the day that Jesus comes back. Am I living in a way that, that I want to be ready for Christ's return. So put it someplace that'll be symbolic for you and significant in your relationship with God. Now, hopefully that all makes sense. Drop your cards off if you have one. Pick up the communion elements and then take a ring before you sit down. Matthew 26, verse 26. Again, it says, as they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, take this and eat it for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. And he gave it to them and said, each of you drink from it, for this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. Let's pray, and then we'll take communion together. God, I thank you so much for the privilege that we have of not only celebrating Easter, your resurrection, but the privilege that we have to celebrate communion on a regular basis, Lord, to be reminded of the high price that you paid for us. And Lord, communion is a great opportunity for us to evaluate our, our lives and to look within and say, hey, am I living the way that I need to be living? Am I telling other people how they can respond to God's proposal? Am I ready for Christ's return? So Lord, today we celebrate again communion and we celebrate your resurrection. Thank you for paying the ultimate price for us. Thank you for being willing to die so we can live. But we don't take that lightly. And today we celebrate through communion your resurrection. In Jesus' powerful name, amen.
You are free to get up and move to one of these tables to celebrate communion. So thanks for celebrating Easter with us and uh, celebrating communion. And just think for a moment on that Good Friday, that first Good Friday and that Saturday, the disciples thought it's over. His proposal meant nothing. And then on that first Easter Sunday, Jesus rose from the grave and he gathered his disciples together and he basically said, listen, guys, I'm going away. I'm going to prepare a place. And when everything's ready, I'm going to come back and get you. So what I want you to do is I want you to go out and I want you to tell everybody how they can respond to my proposal. So that's our responsibility. If you're a follower of Jesus, we're supposed to leave here and go out into our community and tell other people how they can respond to God's proposal. If you picked up a ring today, I I encourage you to put it in a place that'll help you remember God's commitment to us and our commitment to him. The next Sunday, I invite you to come back. Uh, We're going to have our picnic in the afternoon, and then right before that at 5 o'clock, we'll we'll be at the beach celebrating baptism. So if you'd like to be baptized, stop by our Connection Center before you leave. Make sure you get your name on that list, and we'll have a great time together. Now, one more thing, and then we're going to leave today. Um, If you are new with us, I invite you to come back. If you're a a part of our community or you live around here and can do this, I'd love for you to come back because we're going to start a new series that I think is applicable to all of us. So take a look at this series trailer. Isn't there something just cool about being a rebel? I mean, don't you just want to go out and get on a bike or ride in a car or something and do something crazy? Well, uh, the reality is all of us have just a little bit of rebel in us. And so what we're going to do next week is we're going to start exploring some of the rebel stories in the Bible and how those stories can apply to us. And this series just might surprise you. So if you count yourself to be a rebel, then I double dog dare you to come back. And if you don't consider yourself a rebel, I invite you to come back. So either way, there's lots that we can learn from this series. So thank you so much for being here this Easter. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. Thanks for being here, everybody. Hello, we are so glad you've chosen to join us today. I'm Sarah, and I'm going to take a few minutes to tell you about what's going on at Epic. If this is your first time at Epic, welcome. We are so excited that you are here with us this morning. If you'd like more information about who we are, Stop by the Connection Center on your way out. We'd love to meet you personally and give you more information about EPIC. We believe that real life change happens in circles, not rows, and our small group environments are starting up again. If you've never been a part of one of our small groups, we'd love for you to jump into Starting Point. Starting Point is a 10-week conversational environment where you'll explore the story of God and begin to experience community. So if you are checking out this whole God thing, if you are new at EPIC or a new Christ follower, jump into Starting Point. And if you've been through Starting Point, get involved in Next Step. Next Sunday after each service, we will be holding an intro meeting for those who are interested in Starting Point and Next Step. Let us know that you're coming by signing up at theepicchurch.com or at the Connection Center. During the month of April, Epic is holding a food drive to benefit our partners at the Grace Community Food Pantry and the Flagler County families that they serve. On your way out today, grab a brown bag at the Connection Center, fill it up, and bring it back any Sunday in April. Let's show our community that we are for them. We are excited to announce that 3G Saturday is coming up on April 18th. We are looking for 130 volunteers to serve at seven projects throughout our community. This is a great opportunity for individuals and families to come together to show that EPIC is for Flagler. On your seats, there is a card with a QR code that will link you to more information on our webpage and to sign up. Sign up this week as the sign up deadline is next Sunday. 
The weather is great and it's time for our first epic day at the park of 2015. Join us next Sunday, April 12th at 5.30 p.m. at Wadsworth Park for a great time hanging out with our Epic family. Bring your dinner and get ready to have some fun. At Epic, we love to give our time, talents, and resources to see people's lives change and to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. If you call Epic home, there are two ways that you can give, either through the giving boxes behind each of the seating sections or online at theepicchurch.com. Well, those are our announcements for today. To find out more of what's going on at Epic, like us on Facebook or visit theepicchurch.com. Thank you so much for joining us this Easter Sunday. Thank you.